Welcome everybody to our weekly room and I think we've been away for one week. Was it two weeks? It's been so long. I can't even remember. My name is Nadia. This is Asad. And uh, if you want to catch up on our past rooms, you can go and uh, find the links on Asad's bio. This week's topic is called Transition from Manager to Individual Contributor. Now, a little background before we start today's topic is why are we talking about this? Asad is actually going through a transition from being a people manager to an individual contributor. And my question is this, Asad, is this considered a downgrade instead of an upgrade to the next high-level position? really depends, right? The first time when I heard uh, about this, like when my manager told me, hey, like you will be moving to another role and you're not going to be managing people anymore. At first I was like, oh, like, did I do something wrong? Like, is it because uh, of something that I did? Uh, or was there like a complaint from my direct reports? But it wasn't any of that. It was because of a, of a restructuring that, that we had to do within the team. The management feels that the new structure makes much more sense. And looking like on the positive side for me can be an advantage, right? Because like in, in order for you to be a good people manager, you need to have a certain skill. So for me, previously, you know, managing and running my own team, I've uh, forgotten some of the more specific individual skills. And if I want to like move up to the next level, it makes sense for me to move to an individual or IC role uh, so that I can be hands-on with all of the things uh, that I need to know before I transition again into a people manager role in the future. So for me, it can really be a, a positive thing uh, depending on how, um, how you look at it. It's basically a new experience before you can continue on to become a director at some point, right? Right, yeah. So, like, previously I was a senior manager. Now I was moved adjacently, but also upgraded to a principal level. So, like, a principal level, it's almost like a director level, but the difference is a principal doesn't... I mean, you, do, you don't get to manage people. You're, you're running your own thing. But you still get to work with a lot of people, right? You're still working with people. Uh, it's just the difference that you don't have, like, a, a direct resource, a direct report. Uh, to depend on. So it's basically you, you alone, you know, planning and and trying to get uh, additional resource from other teams to work with you. So for me, it's a learning progress. Hopefully, you know, after I've mastered this principal level in the future, hopefully I can uh, move back into the uh, director's role and start managing people again. Okay, just in case this happens to somebody else, can you describe clearly, like, what is the difference between managing people and being an individual contributor? The difference is as a people manager, usually, um, you know, we work with people smarter than, than, than us. So for me, like, you know, when I was a people manager, my team member, they are definitely way, way much smarter than me. My role is more of a, like a project manager. And as a people manager, I make sure that the team as a whole is successful, right? So I, I always uh, make sure that, you know, uh, whatever my team needs, they are the priority. Uh, if I, if they are happy, then the team is happy, then the team can be successful. When you're in, an individual contributor, uh, there are two ways you can go. It can be very simple. It can be very complex. The simple version is that, you know, you have, as, as an individual contributor, you have a manager that just give, gives you tasks and you just, you know, follow orders, right? The more complex one, which is applicable for my case, is that I'm going into a principal level, which is one of the highest position for an individual contributor. Um, usually when you're an IC, you know, they'll have their own specific uh, project with specific metrics. 
uh, a normal IC role. You know, you may work with multiple projects, with multiple stakeholders, and have multiple uh, KPIs, which is very well defined for each different project. Now, where it gets complicated for me at the principal level, which is kind of like weird, I'm not directly accountable or responsible for any of the metrics. But metrics such as like uh, if the traffic is going down, if the signups are going up or down, uh, I'm not responsible uh, for that. However, I need to be able to explain to the leadership team in the company, like, why is it going up or why is it going down? So it's more kind of like a, a strategic analyst role where I'll need to understand the broader overview of the stats. I need to understand and know what all of the different teams are working on different parts of the product. So whereas previously uh, I worked specifically in marketing and SEO and where my direct reports helped me with all the different parts, I need to be able to handle all of the different aspects of marketing from content, product marketing, blogging, paid marketing, uh, ads, email marketing, SEO, and everything under the marketing umbrella. So when I don't have like a specific number-based KPI, my only KPI is how satisfied or how happy are the different uh, stakeholders or people that I work with. If, if they are happy with me and you know, they are reaching their KPIs, that looks good on me. So my role, when I'm not responsible for a specific metric, however, I am responsible for making sure others are happy. How do I do that, right? So as a strategic analyst, I look at the different parts of the marketing funnel and look at, you know, what are the green space? What are the new opportunities that these different teams are not looking at? I look at the competitive market and I'll, I'll suggest high-level product improvements that should be made uh, because my advice to the team should improve the other team's core metrics and, and KPIs. You just assume that being an individual contributor sounds like that's, there's going to be less responsibilities, but now it actually sounds like a lot more. It is. It is definitely a lot. It's uh, because I'm very metric-based. I like to be accountable with numbers because that kind of like motivates me to you know do stuff. But uh, you know when you're working with different teams, like you know, up to five or more different teams and working with over like 30 people, you need to be focused on you know on the high level instead of going into the micro level, picking and specific metrics. So yeah, it's it's something new, uh, something that uh, I'm currently learning. Can an individual contribute the transition into a people manager or does it just only work one way? Of course. I mean, everyone starts like after you graduate, right? Um, of course, you, you know, you, you, when you start working, you have a manager, right? And usually, you know, the first job that you get, you are an individual contributor. You are reporting to someone else. Same like me. Many years ago, I, I started uh, as an individual contributor and I gradually transitioned into people manager because I like making things more efficient. I like getting the best out of other people. But it is very uncommon to see after many years, uh, a people manager like me going back into an individual contributor role. But I guess it, it also kind of like depends on industry or, or the work that you do. Uh, for example, in the software engineering department, uh, it's very common to see people manager and individual contributors like constantly switching, right? Because programming or software engineering is very, very specific and very skill-based. So the project managers need to actually know what the ICs are doing. And if the ICs are unavailable or they don't have enough bandwidth, then the people manager itself needs to, you know, go hands-on and, and start working on a solution. But for me, again, like I'm taking the positive side, uh, going back into an individual contributor role will help sharpen my skills. So I can hopefully go back into a people managing role, you know, running different teams uh, in the future.
based on your earlier explanation, it sounds like an individual contributor has more responsibilities. But what do you think? Which one is more demanding? A people manager role or an individual contributor role? I say both are demanding. It's just different stress levels. Um, I think dealing with people is definitely much more demanding. Like people managing, you're not only having to manage your direct report expectations, but you have to manage your your boss's uh, expectations, right? With direct reports, you got to make sure that not only they're doing their job well, but are they happy in your workplace? And whenever you're you know giving projects to your direct reports or your team, uh, they have enough context because you're at a level where uh, leadership might give you a very, very short description of the, what they want to achieve. And you got to break it down to like very, very specific implementation details. And there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't normally see. Um, when I was a people manager, I work a lot with the HR and finance. There's a lot of reviews going on, like compensation review. Every year, uh, we look at the annual compensation of each of our team members. There's also a not so well-known, I wouldn't say a secret, but it's not talked about a lot, is what we call a talent x-ray. So yeah, normally like we'll have like a quarterly employee review, right? One-to-one the employee, looking at the different aspects of the skills and expectations. However, we have our own behind the scenes, an additional review only used by people managers and HR, which is talent x-ray. Talent x-ray is what we have to evaluate, to figure out when a team member is ready to be promoted. So we'll have questions like, when do you think this team member is able to be promoted based on the current skill level? Like, and we can select either within the next quarter, within the next year, uh, the next six months. So something, you know, behind the scenes, even though it might seem small, but it takes a lot of analysis and evaluation on our part. And also with finance, uh, every team has their own expenses. Uh, as a manager, you know, you have to submit the monthly uh, team finance report for approval. You have to review your employee development plans, uh, meaning that figuring out the career growth of your of your team to make sure that we have a, a very clear path for them to be promoted or to grow uh, in their current role. And yeah, in general, like you know, anything that comes from the leadership team on a high level, you got to be able to communicate the plan in a more effective way to, to your team members so that they can understand and figure out the best solution to hit the, their goals. Of course, when uh, working, in any job and in any position when dealing with people you know people are people everybody is different so you have some sort of challenge when dealing with human beings but what are the skill sets needed to become a people manager when dealing with people i'd say listening is the number one thing when you're managing of course like yeah you will give direction right but i think the most important thing is you have to be more attentive get all the different cues the different you know body language when you're having meetings with people you gotta listen more because you have to know that different people have different communication style and for me like my main thing that i have to do when i was a manager is i have to translate high level ideas from the leadership team into specific action items for my team right and different members of my team they respond to different methods of communication and i, and I listen to them right whenever i'm having meetings if i notice they are kind of like not engaging in, in video meetings as much, but they are very engaging on, on text-based messaging, on Slack or email. Right? I, I got to adapt to that because my, my role is make sure uh, they'll be successful in their role. And also, of course, as a manager, you need to know project management. 
and you gotta be able to understand the different aspects of resources that you are able to use resources meaning the teams and of course you you are constantly working with other teams right and as a effective project manager uh, you need to be able to know when to say, no, I can't do this to other teams. Because of course we have the company goals, but we also have the team goals, right? When we have enough bandwidth, of course we'll help the other team. But the hardest thing to do is saying no to another team because you have to be super focused on your own team goals first. So yeah, the three things that essential skills uh, to become manager is uh, number one is definitely listening. Number two is communication. And number three is project management. Okay, let's talk about the skill sets needed to become an individual contributor. Again, it's a, it's the same thing. It's the same three things. Like you have to listen. Listening means you have to listen to your manager, understanding expectations, communication, knowing you know when to ask questions. Don't be afraid of asking questions. Uh, that's the role of a manager, making sure that you understand and you you have to be uh, transparent and honest if you don't know something. If you don't communicate, then, you know, managers won't be able to help you. And as an individual con contributor as well, you, you have to have your own mini project management knowledge because, again, you might be working with some of the teams and you got to juggle between your team projects and the cross-collaboration projects. So it's the same three things, but it's just a different way of applying it. And what is the KPI of an individual contributor position? Because it sounds like they're just dealing with other teams, but, you know, obviously you don't have anybody underneath you. So w w how does that work? So usually individual contributor position, your KPIs are based on the team goals. So every team, you know, has a goal. For example, you got to increase traffic by 30% uh, year over year. Uh, that's kind of like the team goal, right? As an individual, you know, what are the things that you need to do to achieve that? Uh, what experiments you need to do, what kind of like content you need to write, what kind of like product marketing campaigns that you have to do. So as an individual contributor within a team, it's mostly about deadlines. So launching a product by June uh, 7th. Um, so you need to launch it. So it's more deadline based. You have to make sure to prioritize projects based on the level uh, of impact. It's no use of launching a campaign or an experiment if you think that it will not become the biggest contributor to the team's KPI. So it's mostly about you know deadlines and making sure the highest level impact projects gets done first. It sounds like the this individual contributor is like a lone ranger. So how on earth do you get things done if you have no staff under you? Even though you're an individual contributor, you are part of a team. Uh, and then you rely on that, right? And you have your manager to rely on that. So as an individual contributor, uh, you need to be a people person as well. It's not only on the people manager. As an IC, uh, you are heavily reliant on cross-collaboration with other teams on top of your own uh, team. And yeah, when you're trying to get resources from another team as an individual contributor, especially like for me, right? Like I don't have anyone under, I have to work a lot with another team. So you know, what, what I'll have to do is I have to meet with Kind of like the high-level stakeholders, the general manager, the go-to-market manager, the vice president, the product manager, and I have to come up with a proposal for different projects and campaigns that aligns with the wider business goals. And uh, if I can come up with a story or, or plan that says that, hey, this is something that we should do and this is something that we can get, like if we don't do this, we might lose X amount of revenue. And when I have the approval of a director or a vice president, uh, they will be able to help figuring out, okay, right, so you have access to this team for X number of days. Okay, let's run your project and see what's what's going to happen after that. Yeah, you, you have to be able to present your plan to high-level executives 
so that they can help you uh, get the resource that you need. So in that sense, does an individual contributor deal with other individuals at all, apart from the ones that you've men- mentioned, like the general manager, the VP? It does not mean that you only deal with VPs and directors or, or people managers. As an IC, you also talk to other ICs. Although that for me, I don't have a staff or team under me, uh, I still to make sure that the other teams are aligned because I am responsible for a specific product and they are working for the product, but you know they might have different goals or different thinking of how they should you know, run a campaign. For me, having specialized knowledge for a specific product, I have to make sure that they are prioritizing the highest impact campaigns. And at the same time, making sure that you know, whatever projects they run also contributes to the long-term plan of the uh, company goals that's been set before. It sounds like it could be quite scary. Like, how large is the responsibility of an individual contributor? Because from what we've talked about so far, it sounds as if even though you don't have a staff underneath you that you are responsible for, you have even larger and heavier responsibilities as an individual contributor. Although ICs, they work on very small projects, you know, it, it's a very important part. Uh, when like hundreds of different ICs are doing their own part, like on a larger scale, it, it's a very huge responsibility because it, it, even though you think that you're doing a very small part, but your work actually affects others. You know, if, if you are not able to run or continue the project, you know, you're blocking others. You know, if you are blocked, then they are blocked. And if they are blocked, then other people are blocked. So you know, a very small thing can become a huge issue. So it is quite a big responsibility when you look at it on a high level. You know that you're going through this transition of uh, going from people manager to individual contributor. Who ensures that this transition of yours runs smoothly? My new manager is definitely the one that has to uh, mentor and, and make sure that I'm successful and the transition is uh, smooth. How we do it at, at my current company at HubSpot is that for every promotion or new roles or in the changing roles, is that everyone will be given a 100-day plan is the transition. So a 100-day plan basically defines like what are your basic role expectation. It will list up the list of priorities of the team by quarter and by year. It will list out all of the different reporting dashboards that you need to be aware of. It will list all of the different stakeholders, people, team that you need to meet to be able to run your proposed campaigns. In the like the one day plan also has suggestions on the different people that you need to have meetings and how often you need to meet with them. But also in the one hundred day plan, which I'm going through right now, there will be multiple real world projects and deliverables that I need to uh, execute. So for me at least, like I have a very solid plan that was given by my manager and I know what to do. And that's the kind of thing like yeah, you can't just go into a role not knowing anything, right? So. Every new role is a new job. I mean, it is a new job and you need to be onboarded properly by your manager. I don't remember ever being an individual contributor except for the times when I was like a fresh hire. But as a people manager, there were a lot of challenges. Like I mentioned earlier, when whenever you are dealing with human beings, regardless of who they are, you will always come to points where you have to deal with even the most trivial things or things you would never in a thousand years imagine would become a problem. So what were your uh, own challenges that you had to face as a people manager? When I was a people manager, like, yeah, I, I always make sure that my team is well taken care of. 
not only on work, right? I'll ask them, like, you know, how's your family? Like, how's your partner? How's your husband? How's your wife? And especially during, you know, these tough times during the uh, pandemic, right? The tough thing is that, you know, as a manager, you, you have your own personal shit to deal with, right? You're going through some things as well. Uh, but, you know, when you're meeting a team, you, know, you need to be able to keep that kind of like a poker face and make sure they are okay, right? They are, they are the pillars of the team. Like, you know, if they're successful, then, you know, we are successful as a team and as a, as a company. Yeah, for me, it's really tough to kind of like, you know, I have some, I have things that I need to deal with, but whenever I meet them, I need to be able to keep you know, a straight face and make sure that I'm not emotionally affected at work. However, like, you know, recently going through therapy and, and talking with some of the leadership team, kind of realized that, you know, we have to be more transparent and of course like we need to be professional right but i mean it's okay to show like you know emotions like in a meeting emotions not saying that you need to like be pissed off with someone for no reason it's just saying that letting your team know hey like i'm going through something and like i'm still able to work but you know, just know that if i'm slow to respond it's like i'm, I'm just like you know, dealing with something but i'll still get back to you or something so just being more transparent uh, because like keeping everything inside, it's it's really really a mental drain, and yeah, you can have a nervous breakdown or or even depression if you don't like have um, some outlet or just be more transparent with your team. Okay, so now as an individual contributor, what, what challenge do you expect? Oh, there there is a lot of things that I need to do because I haven't been an individual contributor for like many many years. The number one thing for me is I need to be able to do more in the data analytics. Aside, uh, I mean, I, I've been you know, reading reports, analyzing dashboards, uh, but I've never like done dissecting uh, the numbers. It's usually I have my own analyst to go like, hey, like, yeah, I noticed something is going down or up. Like, can you like figure out like, what's going on or which sec- like, analyze these segments? Uh, but now like, I have to do that all by myself. So I definitely need to brush up on my skills. And some of the other things that, you know, the challenges is you know, I need to gather resources that's not of my own so i need to go across different teams different departments to get help and yeah like not having a direct team to help to get things done is very very challenging because even though they might be able to help i but i need to also take into account of their own priorities their own kpis right so whatever i do or whatever suggestions that i have i'm gonna make sure it's a win-win situation where it helped me you know make my uh, the leadership team happy but also make uh, the other team happy so that you know they hit their own goals. Do you think that fresh grads should strive to become a people manager or an individual contributor, or maybe both? I think that starting from an individual contributor is is best if you're a, a fresh grad, um, because there's a lot of things that you need to learn as a people manager. I I see a lot of people making mistake like, hey, like, I want to be a people manager, but you know they don't really have the the people skills or the soft skills to to handle people. You know, I mean. You know, we, we've heard stories before where you know, people complain about bad managers all the time in Malaysia. But I mean, it happens across the world, right? So I think that for you to learn, you know, start from a IC role. And of course, you look at good managers and you get b- uh, bad managers. And I hope that, that you will learn from the from the good managers. Because like when, when you're managing people, you need to have enough knowledge to be able to understand on a basic level what everyone is doing. Even though you're not an expert in the subject, you need to know on a basic level. So it takes some years for you to move up from IC roles to people manager. And like, I do believe that starting from the bottom, doing the grunt work, you know, will not only make you a better people manager, but when your team knows that, hey, you've done this shit before, then you'll earn the respect that you deserve.
Like, you know, when you've gone through and, and you, you start from the bottom, I believe that you'll definitely be a more empathetic uh, manager. You'll understand what, what you're asking of your team and, and you understand what they are going through. But my thing is that you know, even though you start an IC and you strive to become a people manager, uh, don't be afraid of moving back into an IC role because, for my case at least, can actually prepare you for the next level. I, I think just to wrap up, I, I just have to say this. Right now, um, the world is really evolving. And even in the workplace with uh, startups, and we talk about things like unicorns and there are so many things that are different and so new to people who have been working for the past maybe 20 to 30 years. So people who follow the traditional way of a workplace and uh, the whole how you label people in terms of their position and everything, they might have a harder time in adjusting towards this new age uh, way of being at work and working with other teams or working with different people. So I suppose in essence, what you can do to learn more is to follow Asa's blog because he does actually share <laughs> a lot of interesting things. Uh, a friend of mine who now is struggling to find a job and she's getting quite desperate and she says that the way that people are even hiring now is so different from what she was used to like two years ago before she quit work to do her master's. So there's a lot of catching up to do. So again, it's asatzofari.com. We want to thank you so much for joining us this week and look forward to the room that will be opening next week. And till then, see you. Goodbye. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Catch you later.